Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is chart music from Nottingham. The episode you're about to hear was recorded in August 2022 as a bonus for our lovely Patreon subscribers, which is being released now to a nation which is clearly crying out for the soothing balm of Eric Smallshore of Eccles in its hour of need. So, on behalf of Team Chart Music, this is our Needham, advising you to keep calm and stay pop crazed this will certainly have an adult theme and might well contain strong scenes of sex or violence which could be quite graphic it may also contain some very explicit language which will frequently mean sexual swear words what do you not listen to um <laughs> chart music <laughs> chart music you pop craze youngsters and welcome to a very special episode of chart music the podcast that usually gets its hands right down the back of the settee on a random episode of top of the pops but not this day oh no i'm your host al needham and standing on the balcony with me today are neil kulkana how do and taylor Parks. Pleased to meet you. Now, you'll recall, Pop Craze Youngsters, that in chart music number 67, we embarked on a gun to tape dissection of the nationwide Jubilee Fair, a 90 minute programme which was broadcast on June the 7th, 1977. But we stopped short at the thrilling denouement of said programme, the performance of the winning entry in Nationwide's Jubilee Song Contest. And there was a very good reason for that pop craze youngsters because we have managed to source the grand final itself and oh it was much too good to just dash away in a preamble wasn't it chaps oh indeed Uh, Uh, a truly awe-inspiring spectacle so we're going to go through it in the chart music style and fashion that you've come to love and respect so let's not piss about it chaps because we are going to discuss a remarkable document of social history from the very peak of jubilee fever i don't know how you felt but when i watched this for the first time it was the musical equivalent of big daddy just bursting into your living room (laughs) Picking you up and then slamming you into a paddling pool full of trifle. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's no building up to it. It's straight in with the with the wonder. No fucking about. No. So let us set the scene a little bit. 
Created in Lime Grove Studios in September of 1969, Nationwide was a BBC One current affairs show which pulled together the BBC regional studios every weekday from 6pm and consisted of 20 minutes of regional news in your area, be it Midlands Today, Reporting Scotland, Spotlight Southwest, Seen Around Six, Look North, Wales Today, Points West, South Today, Look East and London and consisted of 20 minutes of regional news in your area from 5 to 6pm, followed by all the regions converging on London for 40 minutes of middleweight current affairs and mad shit from the provinces. By 1977, it's already launched the careers of Frank Boff, Esther Ranson, Sue Lawler, John Stapleton, Des Lynham, Sue Cook and Richard Stilgo, had been the petri dish for programmes such as That's Life and Watchdog, had even inspired a board game, and at the time of broadcast stands proud as one of the flagship programmes of BBC One and an immovable mainstay of 70s television chaps. Nation why did your family partake oh yeah definitely i mean that that was Mm. what was weird to me getting an increased notion of television in the 80s that these people i'd seen before you know all of them Mm. boff lawley bob wellings valerie singleton like you said still go stapleton they all cut their teeth on nationwide and uh, Mm. i remember jimmy hill on the friday spots for sport as well of course and then i think he was replaced by ron pickering and then des lynham towards the end so Mm. so the bbc had big faith in this show throughout the 70s when you look at late 60s episodes of nationwide they're kind of basically michael barrett behind a four mica desk with a with a corporation phone on it and that's about it. <laughs> but but as as the seventies grows, as the seventies goes on, you know, you've got telly screens behind the presenters, a growing team, mm. and an increasing use of uh, celebrities to judge yeah. the mad shit that was going on on this show. Yeah, people forget that in the old days, like there was just the telly was on. It was just on. If you were in the house, the telly was on, and you had three chairs arranged that were all <laughs> pointing towards it. Yeah, it's not. You know, people put their telly up on the wall, and it's like off oh, at an angle. What are we doing with that? <laughs> yeah, you don't tuck the telly away, man. You fucking show it off. Yeah. <laughs> it is its room after all. Yeah, well, you'd walk past uh, a street in the you know summer early evening. Kids would be out playing. Every window would be open. You could smell everybody's dinner. And as you walked past, you could hear the high-frequency hum of Mm. everybody's telly on, even if you couldn't hear what they were watching. And at this time of night, there was nothing on. Mm. Like, there was nothing on. So people would watch Nationwide. There was usually somebody in the kitchen washing up or whatever. Everybody else was arranged around the front room, just staring at Nationwide. (laughs) As mentioned many a time and oft, we were an ITV family, so I'm afraid to say it would have been Crossroads and ATV today round our house. Mm. But, you know, I'd seen plenty of Nationwide at other people's houses and on the portable telly upstairs when I've had enough of the mad whirl of Selly Oak and the hotelier business. So, yeah, I'm I'm extremely au fait with nationwide yeah fucking brilliant program looking back isn't it yeah. in a weird way it does prefigure a lot those those kind of appeals for for yes. charities and stuff and competitions mad competitions you know with odd judges you know cook of the realm compared yes. by Stuart hall yes. with blooming <laughs> catty jakes as a judge and <laughs> and of course you know all of the nutty news items that usually took up the last five minutes of the local news mm. found their way usually into nationwide yeah so. Usually, you know. it's the centerpiece of an episode. Well, yeah, you'd get some, you'd get, you'd get some cross-country roundup of, of clergymen refereeing ladies wrestling yes. or something, <laughs> and, and just this mad, mad shit. You know, coupled with just 
sort of stark items about the rising price of Polaroid film, mm. but it, but it, it kind of made this weird, weird sense. Yeah. And I mean, I think the thing that I loved about Nationwide was its proclivity towards covering the, um, the weirder side of things, yes. really. There's, there's no other way of describing it. Mm. I mean, well, let's run through the greatest hits of Nationwide. Yeah, yeah. The giant snail drinking a pint and then falling off, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. which actually died, it turns out. Well, it's hardly surprising. We watched a giant snail die on air. Fucking hell. <laughs> the moaned about faces of death <laughs> who would think giving a poisonous substance to a creature that's about two inches long and has no <laughs> digestive system a oh, bit bigger than that it was fucking huge man <laughs> it was the size of a fist <laughs> and of course you know the skateboarding dog uh, live worm charming from the lead studio and of course the woman dressed as a judge fainting live in the studio when they were trying to demonstrate the different salaries of people Great days, great times. <laughs> Unless we forget, of course, the Hexham Heads. Oh, Ooh. yes. Which was a terrifying story. Mm. I mean, you, you know how it was that, like, you know, the BBC had no problem absolutely putting the shits up kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, just randomly. And, and the Hexham Heads, these were these two lads in um, Hexham, sort of uh, west of Newcastle, two brothers who basically dug up two tiny stone heads <sighs> in their back garden, which were very similar, actually, to the African voodoo statue in a particular episode of Hammer House of Horror. Ooh. Um, but as soon as they took them in the house, like weird stuff started happening to them. Loads of poltergeist activity, the constant smell of animal piss. Um, <laughs> and to be honest with you, I mean, reading about the poltergeist activities, a lot of those alleged incidents sound like subsidence issues, to be mm. honest with you. But, but you know, they had a constant wet dog smell. And then they started seeing werewolves like in the house oh. yeah and and i remember the bbc uh showing this uh kid telling his story suddenly put in a terrifying werewolf running at the screen <laughs> <laughs> you know, which must have shut up an entire generation and it turned out to be richard stilgo <laughs> well the good thing was nationwide they didn't dismiss this stuff you know because mm. a year later i think they had to follow up with them um, Anne Ross, and a, a sort of noted scholar of uh, Celtic and pagan histories, um, <laughs> saying that she'd taken charge of these heads to investigate them and write about them. Mm. And she'd seen the werewolf as well, and <gasps> so had his daughter. And then some uh, bloke popped right. up saying, actually, I made them in 1956. Yes. And yeah. in the garden. Can imagine anyone in Hexham who was into deep purple, <laughs> yes, would have been really pissed off having their name nicked off them. Uh, I still believe in them, because the, the guy who eventually got them was a guy called Frank Hyde who was a dowser. You remember the fondness oh, yes. for dowsing uh. back then? Um, and he has just literally disappeared off the face of the earth, oh. um, as of the heads. Um, but, you know, the nation wanted to cover stuff like that. They'd cover UFO sightings and things mm. like that. Which yeah, obviously all the just, time. Yeah, <laughs> which are just great for kids to watch. Although I seem to remember, and what has surfaced since on like the BBC archive site and stuff, they seem to cover UFOs and ghosts with a healthy scepticism. I mean, considering this is a program, the lifeblood of which was insanity. <laughs> they seem to, to, yeah, they have a healthy scepticism about this sort of thing. There's that guy, I've forgotten his name, with the beard who used to go around and be very sort of, you know, he was like the urban sophisticate turning up. Yeah. In places like you know Gateshead, where there was like so it was oh <laughs> my flat's haunted, and it, it always turns out to have something to do with the vagaries of the new build social housing of the nineteen mm. seventies. Mm. Like somebody coughed on the first floor, and it made all your cupboards <laughs> shake on the sixth floor. You know, tonight, however, is a special occasion as Nationwide has been given three separate programs on Jubilee Day, Tuesday, June the seventh, including a ninety-minute Nationwide Jubilee Fair. 
It has been decided to mock the occasion with a special jubilee song to commemorate our beloved Queen and her 25 years on the throne, with the winning entrant getting to reprise the song at the end of said fair. So the call has been sent out for the general public to send in entries, and this is the grand final, with those hundreds of entries whittled down to five. Now, chaps, I I think I speak for all of us when I say we love the 70s, we love song contests, and we love the general public having a go at writing songs. So when a song contest involving the general public of the 70s who have written their own songs drop in our laps, it's fair to say that it's a great day for chart music, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Especially presented by Michael Barrett in a pair of flares that give him the silhouette of a Dalek. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I've tried to dig around and I have no idea about the adjudication process, but on the basis of the ones that have made it to the final and God, I'd love to hear some of the songs that they're not back. (laughs) Oh, man. Fuck me. Oh, man, too right. (laughs) So, it is Dateline Thursday, May the 19th, 1977. On the cover of the NME, the Ramones. On the cover of Melody Maker, Dolly Parton. On the cover of Record Mirror, Eric of the Bay City Rollers, dressed as a geisha girl. The number one single is Free by Denise Williams. The number one LP is Arrival by ABBA. The number one single in America is When I Need You by The Old Sailor. And the number one LP is Hotel California by The Eagles. What is on telly today? Well... BBC One kicks off at 20 to 7 with a triple bill of Open University entitled Harmony, Television and Politics and Biscuits, and then closes down at 5 to 8 for one hour and 46 minutes. At 19 to 10, we get an hour and a bit of schools programmes. Then it's the penultimate episode of Other People's Children. (laughs) Who wants to explain that to the pop craze youngsters who are unaware? Uh, Well, it's a show for carers and people who have child minors and people have to look after other kids. Now, think about that title, Other People's Children. Who do you think is going to present that? Um, yes, it, it, yes, indeed. Mm. It's pretty horrific. Yeah, it's Savile. Um, well, it was Savile on the first episode anyway. He uh, yielded the floor to Mavis Nicholson. All right. A far safer mm. pair of yeah. hands in all so many ways. Well, Mavis Nicholson appears on the, the Savile episode that I've seen. Yes. Uh, as does Brian Redhead, presumably hired uh, so that Jimmy Savile at least is not the person in this episode who looks most like a paedophile. no. <laughs> No, there's there's three blokes on it, and Savile looks the least paedophilic, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, what it actually proves is that uh, Savile wasn't interested in kids this young on any level, because they're not useful to him, No, and they're too young for him to prey on, Mm. so he has no interest in them whatsoever. So he's supposed to be hosting this program for carers and he's visibly infuriated by these kids it's like a little playground set with kids crawling around going on swings and a slide and that and he hates it he looks at them the way i look at 
flies buzzing around my kitchen. Yes. It's like, I wish you weren't here. I'm not that bothered, but I will kill you if I can. They have that child expert on as well. Fucking hell. <laughs> he looks the worst of the lot, he does. Yeah, doesn't bear thinking about No, moving on very swiftly. After a short burst of school's programmes, it's another close down for 45 minutes. Then it's on the move, the midday news, Pebble Mill at one, ragtime, you and me, more schools programmes, another close down for 25 minutes, and then Roy Hood does something for the olden's in the 607080 show, which focuses on yoga and gardening. After regional news in your area, it's Play School, a repeat of White Horses, Scooby-Doo, and then Blue Peter dropping on the Chelsea Flower Show. After Fred Bassett, it's the evening news and regional news in your area. BBC Two also commences at 6.40am with an open university bum rush, then closes down at 5 to 8 for three and a bit hours, coming back at 11 with Play School. Then it closes down for four and a half hours, returning at 5 to 5 for a huge festival of open university. They're currently doing a programme about inflation. Yeah, you were right, Taylor. Fuck all on. That's the way. ITV get the party started at half past eight with Good Morning Calendar, an early trial run of breakfast television if you happen to live in the Yorkshire area. Everyone else has to wait until half nine for a morning full of school's programmes. Then Granny's Kitchen features Dorothy Slatome musing upon the meaning of hey diddle diddle and get some kids to make her some cheese scones and we go for a country walk in Stepping Stones. After All About Babies looks at the man's role in the care of a young child, i.e. earning enough money to ram some fish fingers down their gob and then fucking off to the pub, (laughs) it's News at One, regional news in your area, and the sitcom Sadie It's Cold Outside. Jack Rosenthal's snappily titled non-magnum opus. Mm. Mavis Nicholson talks to Edward de Bono about lateral thinking in Good Afternoon. Then it's a repeat of the private detective series Public Eye. Oh, yes. Do you like it's one of the greatest TV programmes ever? Largely because it stars Alfred Burke, who was one mm. of those great and incredibly magnetic uh, British TV actors. But it's mm. also a brilliant show. It's about this sort of odd, uh, low-budget, highly principled private detective very down at heel Mm. who's uh, simultaneously very emotionally connected to the world but also too hardened and scarred and jaded to really be a part of it he's like a cross between philip marlowe and george orwell Mm. it's always worth watching public after that it's crown court the cedar tree the lost islands little house on the prairie the news at 545 regional news in your area and david hunter has just started giving stan harvey some business advice in crossroads oh it's all building up to this moment today's television (laughs) isn't it all right then pop craze youngsters the main event is about to commence. Always remember, we may coat down your favourite random member of the public with a tune about the Queen, but we never forget they've been on the nationwide Jubilee Song Contest more than we have.
The trumpeters of the Royal Military School of Music heralding in a very special edition of Fit for a Queen because this evening we're featuring the very best of the hundreds of songs that you've been sending us in tribute to the Queen in her Jubilee year. From all over the country we've received rumbas, rock and good old-fashioned sing-alongs and we'll be hearing a little bit of everything now in our own nationwide Jubilee song contest. All around the country musicians are tuning up to play their pieces or around the country too, juries are settling in their places to decide for us which song will be tonight's winner. And in good old Eurovision style, first we'll hear all the songs, and then with the help of Nationwide's answer to Angela Rippon, Richard Stilgo, we'll go round the country calling on each jury to vote. Predictably, the contest opens with a grand fanfare from eight members of what looked like the Salvation Army three of whom are standing on some white steps with massive old-school football pennants hanging off their poncy trumpets, while a huge royal crest with a crown at the top and the words fit for a queen emblazoned across it hangs overhead and already a spell of grandeur and theatrical spectacle hangs thick in the air. (laughs) Your host for this evening... Born in Leeds in 1928, Michael Barrett was relocated to Paisley in his teens and began his career as the T-boy for the Sunday Mail, but swiftly graduated to the role of horoscope writer and by the age of 18 was the assistant sports editor for the Daily Record. In 1952, he moved back to England to do the same job for the Loughborough Monitor, but four years later he relocated to Africa and became the assistant editor of the Nigerian Citizen. While there, he was invited by the Nigerian Broadcast Service to host a political debate programme on national radio. Returning to the UK a year later, he bounced around various local newspapers as a production journalist and was a regular contributor to the BBC World Service and dabbled in freelance television reporting. In 1963, he made his first appearance on Panorama, reporting on the Profumo affair and became one of their roving reporters. In 1965, while he was working as a presenter on Midlands Today, he was recruited by the BBC to help set up a new daily magazine programme, 24 Hours, which he eventually became the presenter of. And in 1969, when the BBC was looking for something similar, albeit with a lighter touch and earlier in the evening, that would keep hold of the audiences that regional news in your area was attracting, he became first choice as presenter and coordinator of Nationwide. He's in his last year as a Nationwide presenter, but he's going to be on the BBC for some time yet. He's been signed up to present episodes of Songs of Praise. He's chairing the Radio 4 show Gardener's Question Time. And at the end of November, he's going to appear in the goodies episode Punky Business as a swearing newsreader with dyed hair and all chains through his nose. Oh, Michael Barrett recently left yeah. us. Yeah. What a career. Oh, yeah. And perfect for Nationwide. Oh, absolutely um, perfect. So relaxing and mm. takes the serious seriously and the unserious yes. unseriously without sneering at it. Um, he's absolutely perfect. I mean, mm. for me, like Nationwide, I remember when bloody David Dimbleby started presenting it and the writing was on the wall by then. It was fatal. Mm. I like a lot of BBC things. They focus group the hell out of it. 
um, which is a real shame. Yeah, Barrett was provincial as fuck, wasn't he? And, and unashamedly so. Yeah, rarely seen without a crumpled fawn suit. Barrett wearing that fawn suit with a brown tie and regulation Saxons stands in front of a white rainbow with raster colours projected on it as he introduces us to this special event laying out the rules with his assistant Richard Stilgo who stands in front of a scoreboard looking like an angry metalwork teacher as was his wont throughout the latter days of the 20th century so yes chaps five entries and five juries all from the same studio so that's manchester leeds cardiff newcastle and birmingham i mean what a shame the other six nationwide regions didn't get an entry and even more of a shame that they can't vote this could have gone on for fucking hours yeah 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 the south very much frozen out here yeah i mean who knows what songs could have come in from that area of the country um, mm. Yeah, it would have been a gold mine, man. This yeah. could have run as long as Eurovision would have run. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and the Eurovision similarity is obviously something that they play on throughout this, uh, mm. throughout this little nugget. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And so, without further ado, let's go first to Manchester to hear Eric Smallshaw from Eccles singing his own composition to welcome the monarch Olay. Let's shimmy and shake to the number. They call it the Jubilee Rumble to welcome the monarch Olay. They do it in sunny September or even in foggy November. So join in the Jubilee Rumble to welcome the monarch Olay. There's carnival magic in places from London to Summit or Bay Let's put a big smile on our faces For the cheers for the Queen all the way Let's shimmy and shake to the number They're doing the Jubilee Rumble To welcome the Monocolay Eager to kick on, Barrett whips us straight over to the BBC Manchester studios where we are greeted to the sight of Eric Smallshore of Eccles and his entry to welcome the Monarch Olay and all oh boys we are off to a flyer <laughs> I do believe that a new hero has entered the Chart Music Hall of Legends oh, he's, right it, next to Peepoo oh yeah immediately part of the Pantheon I would say Yes. He's in a room that looks uncannily like Father Seamus Fitzpatrick's room of Nazi memorabilia in Father Ted. Yes. <laughs> um, and Eric Smallshaw, he's, he's a slightly mad-eyed gentleman in a, in a sort of safari-coloured suit, a massive collared mm. shirt. Yeah, he looks well dactari, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. And he's accompanied by, by a sort of chap on a doubled Hammond organ mm. um, in this song, Jubilee Rumba. Shuckle with vibes emanate. Oh, this number, it sizzles with Afro-Cuban heat. 
Um, but, you know, of course, the rumba rhymes only really last for the first two verses, by which time mm. uh, Eric's got to throw in the, the practically daddiest rhyme, you know, ba-bum-ba-bum-ba-ba-bum-ba-bum-ba. But what the fuck? It, it works. No, no, come on, it's ba bum ba bum ba ba bum ba Olé. Yeah, I mean, it could only really have been improved if, if Hilda Woodward from Lieutenant Pigeon had been on the keyboards. But yes. um, it's magnificent start to the show. Or, or Hilda Ogden in a, a common Miranda rig out. I mean, Eric looks like Rita Faircloth's ne'er-do-well brother who turns up in Weatherfield to have a go at Bet Lynch and get his hand in the till of the cabin before being chased off by Len. You know, he's got he's got that off-white safari suit jacket. He's got grey crumpled flares mm. uh, and a stripy brown and grey shirt with massive condor collars and a big, thick, dad-sized belt buckle. Uh, you're, you're underselling him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is Marky e. Smith's dream of Elvis. Yes! <laughs> Eric Smallshaw from Echoes. Accompanied by, yeah, the, the guy on the organ refusing to lift his eyes from the keys. Mm. No. Mm. Fawn crimpling, safari jacket, Bon Tempe rumba, mm. which he delivers as though swimming through heavy ale. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely set to the tango setting, isn't it, that organ? <laughs> oh, and it, yeah, there he is with his chlorpromazine eyes and a genuine oh, yeah. swagger, it has to yeah. be said. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The thing about Eric is he's so perfectly old school mank. It's beautiful. Yes. Like. Spell with a K and a C. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's like this guy could not have come from Liverpool or Birmingham no. or London. Mm. He's in a very no. specific tradition of mank weirdos, like cocky mm. but genuinely deranged. Yeah, mad Cyril. <laughs> I would pay any money to hear more of his work. In his way, Eric Smallshaw tells you as much about Manchester as Marky Smith or Sean Ryder or Morrissey. Mm. What makes it a more interesting city than Norwich or Derby, yeah, is this undercover weirdness, right? Which I think Oasis maybe steamrolled a bit, mm. like so many other things, because mm. 25 years on, the place has barely recovered yeah, from that. We do, we do a Jubilee song contest and we still get to <laughs> stick the knife in Oasis, man. <laughs> it just doesn't stop, does it, man? No, we don't sleep. No, Taylor's right. The combination of weirdness and flashness is what this is all about. Yeah, because mm. yeah. for all its sort of self-regulating northern toughness manchester always had this strange knack of creating and nurturing and to some extent permitting a particular kind of weirdness that's Mm. identifiable as mank rather than anything else and it comes out of the city and is also in some ways in opposition to it right and london has that in a different way liverpool has that in a different way to some mm. extent newcastle has that in a different way and yeah. almost nowhere else yeah. this is pure beauty yeah i mean because he is he is amusingly mad but he, there's also a hint of menace as well i think it's when he's doing his dad dancing but and every now and again his eyes seem to roll in yeah. the back of his head like the undertaker <laughs> when paul bearer lifts the urn up in the air <laughs> It's like you wouldn't fuck with him. Oh, God, no. If he tells you to do the Jubilee run, but you fucking do it, mate. Yeah, too, right. And also, I mean, to be honest with you, out of all of the Jubilee programming we've been watching, um, this Mm. is the moment where I feel proud. Um, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think it, oh, that spirit overtakes the cameraman to a certain extent because there's a moment where, <laughs> where 
the the cameraman gets so tumescent with with patriotic pride. He, he just mm. starts zooming in on the Union Jack slowly but steadily yes. and just holds it there. For yes, a moment. as if he's trying to calm the audience. <laughs> exactly, down. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they've got four Union Jacks on the backdrop, but in the middle there's this massive royal mm. crest in the middle with this huge fucking crown. Looks really good. Yeah. It's a shame Eric isn't wearing a crown and, and robes and shaking an orb and scepter like a maraca. Oh, hey. Yeah, no, he would he would never be so presumptuous. But um, yeah, mm. what a start to the show and, and definitely yes. the peak of, yeah, national pride for me. It can't be communicated. You have to see this, right? It can't be communicated in words. No, no. But it's like evidence of a previously unknown infiltration of mk ultra into the will tappers and shunters social yes. club it's oh it's just it's so fantastic mm. i've been really thinking a lot about eric smallshaw yeah he's obviously united for a start yes. not city oh you not, can tell can't yeah you? not just because he's from Eccles, which is united country but because of his nature right it was it's less like this now because of changing demographics and changing football fortunes but it always used to be really easy to tell that generation of united and city fans apart right mm. the the sort of if it was like a mouth-breathing idiot of a less exotic stamp they'd mm. always be city and these kind of cocky weirdo who thinks he's it was always united right you met a mank and you thought who the fuck is this guy Always United, right? Mm. You met a Mank and then instantly forgot him, City, right? Ooh. Because United, yeah, but I mean, there's good and bad in both of these, but United mm. are always identified with that swagger and flash, you know? Yeah. And City was the choice of the men of few words. Yeah, you can imagine Eric at home with a big pyramid of pint glasses, pouring a load of pale ale into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, but it's more than that, too. It's British weirdness of a type that's now dying out, right? Mm. Or is being polluted and poisoned by being hustled on mm. tiktok you know yeah. and becoming an act and being stretched beyond its limits yeah. or just flattened at source by too much bland media yeah. you know and a culture that is more open but simultaneously more repressive so nothing seems remarkable now because you can just go on the internet and see some bloke swallowing eight guinea pigs in a car <laughs> park you know and so at the same time people are jaded and they're also less tolerant of your shit. Mm. And there just isn't the same space for people's own strangely shaped characters to grow and develop yeah. in the darkness, you know, out of sight, yeah. which I think is I think is where Eric comes mm. from. We've got to talk about the lyrics for each of these songs. And in this case, I like what Eric's working towards because it's the least suck-ass song in the entire contest, isn't it? Yeah. We've said before, God Save the Queen is the most catshit national anthem in the world because, mm. you know, every other anthem says, isn't our country dead good or we won a battle once and it was skill. Yeah. And ours is just a concentrated lick of one person's ring piece. But this song, it celebrates us and our Ability to shimmy and sway to the number. <laughs> you know, the Queen's merely the catalyst and the excuse for that 
natural Afro-Cuban exuberance, which yeah. comes so easily to the British. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's it, some lyrics for you. There's carnival magic in places, from London to sunny Torbay. <laughs> Let's put a big smile on our faces for its cheers for the Queen all the way. <laughs> ba-bum-ba, ba-bum-ba, ba-bum-ba. Let's shimmy and sway to the number. We're doing the Jubilee Rumba to welcome the monarch Olay. Olay. I think Michael Barrett's got it wrong there because the obvious title is Jubilee Rumba, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, the Eric Smallshaw from Eccles doesn't always do the obvious thing. No. 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 And he's taking on here, you know, polyglot influences from around the world. Mm. Um, you know, emblematic of what has made Britain great. And yes. His, his focus is on the party, you know. It's not on the figurehead. His yes. focus is on the party, so God bless him. Exactly. Yeah. Taylor, I, I mean, when I was watching this, I just thought, like, he's got to be a turn who does the clubs. Yeah. He's probably supported Punch at least once in his career. Uh, he's probably the most professional of the uh, of the batch, isn't he? Well, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> Certainly there's no trace of stage fright. No. no, no his no, performance. No. He's doing this every Saturday night, I think, somewhere. Mm, you know? Yeah. Whether you want him to or not. <laughs> Article in the stage dated 19th of November 1970. Santa has a soft spot for Eric Smallshaw and Stan Martin. Talk of the North songwriting team who skillfully exploit local colour to boost interest in their output. Old Trafford chant, their famous soccer anthem, for instance. There you go. Now they have come up with what may well turn out to be a Yuletide standard. My Christmas Dream. Norma Cathro's recorded version of which is to be featured in the traditional festivities staged throughout December in Manchester's city centre Piccadilly Gardens. Incidentally, singing postman Alan Smethurst has decided the same dream is too much of a good thing to lose in his LP and he's making a single of it available now in record stores. Recorded at Strawberry Studios. Mm, He's a jobbing songwriter and you can tell man out of all of the songs this is nicely crafted mm. i'm not going to spoiler it but yeah off to a flyer yes does stick in your head as well doesn't it mm. it does oh god it really yeah does. basically if he was your uncle you'd be rolling your eyes and thinking give it a fucking rest but he's not <laughs> so it's great yes and it's become one of the biggest cliches in 70s pop but i'm gonna say it anyway everyone who saw eric Smallshore of eccles on the nationwide <laughs> jubilee song contest went off and formed a band <laughs> there's carnival magic in places from london to sunny Tarbay. Let's put a big smile on our faces For it's cheers for the Queen all the way Ba-bum-ba, ba-bum-ba, ba-bum-ba Let's shimmy and shake to the number They call it the Jubilee Rumble To welcome the public only Olay. Well, now for a complete change of tempo, we cross the Pennines to hear the children of Hucklow First School from Sheffield sing and play their headmaster's composition, Silver, Silver Queen.
a diagonal wipe takes us back to Barrett, who reacts with a clearly amused ole as he flies us over the Pennines to the BBC Leeds studio, where the youth of the Hucklow First School are waiting to unleash a song penned by their headmaster, entitled Silver Silver Queen. And oh boys, we're immediately transported to the world of the school music room, aren't we? With the bonging of the xylophone and the tentative strumming of guitar and balalaikas with Sir in a dark brown zip-up cardi and grey flares benevolently watches on playing guitar as a spell of quiet reflection and adoration is cast and immediately broken by a lad on a xylophone using his free hand to scratch his ear. (laughs) (laughs) The headmaster's the only one who wants to be there. Yes. I mean, you know... He really um, wants to be there. mm, He does. Oh no, but it'd be a good day out for the kids, wouldn't it? Go to that BBC Leeds studio, core. It's a totally execrable song. And Mm. and that headmaster should be ashamed of himself for writing it. But what is kind of nice about this clip is the fact Mm. that these are real 70s little kids. They're not tutored in it like, say, St. Winifred's were, you know? Mm. So what we see is, like you say, that kid scratching his ear. We also see yawns because it's obviously been a long day. Yes. Yeah. And you see fear as well and a bit of discomfort writ large over all of their faces. So it's a very familiar kind of uh, viewing, really. If any kids have been forced into this kind of shit yeah. yeah it's all there where did they get the balalaikas from well we had about two xylophones in my junior school round about this time and you were just not let anywhere near them no apart from really special occasions <laughs> we never got to play xylophones we certainly didn't get any balalaikas no um it was strictly recorders around our way um that's yeah. all you got um, mm. But yeah, quite a well-appointed school musically. It's uh, you know, it's yeah. a bit of a habit in this show. Yeah. Yes. It's possible that teacher takes those uh, tourist holidays up the Volga that used to be advertised <laughs> in like the back pages of the Guardian. Yeah, yes. by, was it in tourist? Not at all a front for anything. No. <laughs> Maybe that's where he got the balalaikas. So you've got about eight or so kids playing the instruments, but off to the side are a choir of twenty or so of obviously the best singers in the school. And yes, Neil, they are dressed like proper. 70s kids in other words as if they've been loaded into a cannon and fired through a charity shop mm, indeed i mean you can tell it they've all been arranged by what they're wearing or what they look like there's one girl right at the front presumably pushed up there because she's got a light blue jamie summers flared jumpsuit with a patch that reads jubilee <laughs> but also because she's covering up a lad wearing a yellow t-shirt with a lip smacking thirst quenching pepsi oh, yeah. On. <laughs> yeah. no advertising on the bbc get to the back yeah they should have made a more wear school uniform it's the usual bbc right you know unlike kids programs on BBC, you normally had to either wear your school uniform or your Cub Scout or Girl Guide yes. outfit. Mm. It was on ITV, you were allowed to wear party clothes. Yeah, run around. Yeah. This is a very run-around choir, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And there's one adorable moppet on the side who looks like a cross between Johnny Ramone and that Ukrainian girl holding the balloons on a stick at the 1968 <laughs> Mayday Parade. <laughs> oh. Of course, there's a, a couple of lads in on-trend matching tie and shirt combos, and you, you just know that the tie's on a bit of elastic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, there's one massively fidgety girl who keeps looking at the people on the other side of her and pulls off a half yawn just as she gets a close up. It's great, man. Yeah, at least no little fingers go up, little noses, which yeah. is a, no. yeah, a yeah, miracle. Yeah. 
But it really yes. is fucking some Beelzebub school choir, isn't it? It's like, mm, for any God of us who it. were at primary school in the 70s, it looks like a bad dream we might have now in a time of crisis. You mm. know? Yeah. It's like you, you watch it and you're just back there in yeah. a bowl cut, Completely. just clutching an mm. instrument that you can't play. Yeah. Uh, mm. Either staring solemnly straight ahead, frozen, or with your eyes <laughs> darting all around the room as though somebody was going to step out of the shadows and tell you what to do, you know. Mm. So a pattern that many of us have uh, stuck yeah. to well into middle age. <laughs> but yeah, it's all xylophones and pinafore dresses and polyester shirts with that mm. beardy comb-over sub-stilgo teacher on the <laughs> yes. nylon string guitar. And of course he wrote the song, Yeah, which goes... We remember where you've been, round the world and back again, to the lands we've never seen, Silver, Mm. Silver Queen. Yeah. So she's being hymned for her privilege. It's Mm. just typical forelock tugging Yorkshire in it, you might say, uncharitably. (laughs) Probably didn't go down that well in the refectory of Leeds Polly at that time. Uh, But large swathes of Yorkshire would have been right behind them. But what those kids need to realise is, has the Queen ever been in a caravan park in Chapel St. Leonard's or Skegness or Inglewalls for a whole week? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) The other striking thing about this performance, there's an actual black person in the choir. Is there? Yes. But don't worry, Nan, because he's been pushed to the back and we only see the top of his head. Oh, right, I didn't even notice him. Yeah, Yeah. because in the, what is it, two hours of Nationwide Umbrella Jubilee programming that we've watched in great detail for this podcast and this extra podcast... He might be the only one, you know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think he is, yeah. you know. Yeah. We are moaning of the lack of non-white people in this and on the, the Jubilee Fair, but, you know, let's remember there was a mm. special song contest for, for the Asians, wasn't Indeed, there? Indeed, for us Asians. I mean, it, it, and it's a bizarre thing, um, the Asian Jubilee song contest, because it, it yeah. kind of reveals that the BBC, when they were covering Asian stuff back then, we're really entirely pitching it all to a certain type of Asian person in Britain, really. This mm. is not... The Asian Jubilee Song Contest is basically comprised of an awful lot of very posh Indian classical music, really. It's not a no. show by or for, I don't know, Pakistani or Bangladeshi immigrants to the north of England. Right. This is a show for yeah. middle-class Gujaratis and Sikhs and Punjabis only from the South and the Midlands, I think. They're not doing the Jubilee Bangra. No, they're absolutely not. I mean, no. the, the music is entirely... Possibilities were endless, but the music's entirely unreflective of what Bollywood's knocking out at that time. And that's why there's literally no young people in the audience for it either. No. You know, I mean, that it's, it's a shame because that period is actually a period in which, uh, you know, groups like Alap and producers like Kuljit Bamra are starting to blend a bit of folk with electronic production on tapes. It's the start of Bhangra, basically, this period. But you won't see even a hint of that here. Much like my parents only listened to pre-60s Indian music because they thought it all went to cat shit after that. So, you know, that whole generation, in a sense, to keep their homeland intact in their memories, also froze the musical culture. It would take the second generation Asians to agitate for something more. But what we get in the Asian Jubilee Song Contest is for the old folks. It's kind of the Desi equivalent of the good old days, basically. Right. So is this like Asian schlag? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. See, I was wondering about that. Because what this is, for anyone who doesn't know, it appears to have been broadcast as a special episode of Seven Days, 
right. uh, Asian magazine, no doubt, at 6.55 a.m. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 11 years since George Harrison invented India, and they're still <laughs> stuck in the graveyard slot. And, I mean, there's not very many laughs there, partly because it's all in, I, is it in Hindustani? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like the ignorant oath that I am, I couldn't understand what anyone was saying, except that in the news summary at the start, several of the stories included the English words National Front, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. pretty fucking depressing. But also because the songs aren't funny. No. Right. But I was watching it thinking, I'm totally willing to believe that an Asian audience who's more familiar with this culturally might have been rolling around with laughter, especially at the guy wearing a velvet bow tie, frilled shirt and jacket with sequin lapels, like <laughs> Bernard Manning. And perhaps by finding most of these entries quietly beautiful, I'm being ignorant no 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 there's nothing funny here as such i mean if my mum was watching this or my dad was watching this they'd have been wincing slightly because they spoke marathi and they considered hindi an ugly language rather rather meanly of them (laughs) it always sounded ugly in their mouth when they spoke it actually marathi is quite a lyrical musical language and that's where the initial bollywood films came from but yeah they they would have been moaning about that but no it is deadly serious this there's no laughs i mean look i don't speak hindi so i don't know if these songs are earnest hymns to um elizabeth the second but um yeah it's, it's deadly serious there's no laughs here apart from in a ca- occasionally in some of the outfits mm. uh, i was gonna say they're singing like oh i wish you were still in charge <laughs> much better then. perhaps so but it, it's weird yeah. isn't it because they, they like i'll bring you some tea there's no black and asian people in any of the nationwide jubilee coverage and you know yeah. when Asian people are sort of part of this, they do this rather serious, rather solemn thing. But then you know it's back to English people throwing rugby balls into rivers and, and various other things that are obviously yeah. you know closer. Well, black people were represented by Neil Innes, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, I find it hilarious that the Asian song contest consists of all these people performing delicate, complex. <laughs> yeah carefully yeah. rehearsed pieces of music and it's on at five to seven in the morning yeah. well the nationwide song contest is on at prime time <laughs> and that's the real song contest yeah. that's like the official one the more things change the more they stay there so if you want that eric smallshaw of Eccles energy from the asian subcontinent i think you have to turn to uh, Venu Malesh and his deathless classic, It's My Life, Whatever I Want to Do, <laughs> freely available on YouTube. <laughs> You're welcome. But, yeah, the most depressing bit in this is where they bring the bloke on at the end and he starts speaking in English about how wonderful it is. And he gets really excited because there, there was a white girl in one yeah, of the yeah. musical well, groups. Yeah, yeah, He's obviously really into it. Mm. And he starts talking. He's like the only person talking in English in the whole thing. And he's got quite a posh voice. And he's saying, oh, isn't this great? And it's like, yeah, it's you can sort of see how that would fit into a, a, a jubilee yeah. Yeah, atmos. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's not a lot of seething street anger. No, there isn't. There this, isn't. This, <laughs> I mean, to explain the five to seven in the morning slot, I think all Asian programmes got that sort of slot. I, th- I think, yeah. think programmers just thought, you know, we'd beat up praying to the sun or whatever <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? yeah, getting the shop ready to open. <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. anyway back to sheffield because near the end they tried to encapsulate the tender wistfulness of the song by doing a sweep of the cherubs of south yorkshire but the cameraman has to stop because one lad started scratching the back of his head like a bastard <laughs> clearly terrified of a net outbreak in the bbc <laughs> lead studio <laughs> so anything else to say about this Chuck? 
chaps. Well, even as a five-year-old, I would have considered this song too babyish. Yes. And that's what's the most objection about it, I think. You say that, Neil, but, you know, there was the Human League, ABC, Cabaret Voltaire, Clock Devar, and Pulp. But before all that, there had to be the Hucklow First School. From Yorkshire now, we move southwestwards to Cardiff to hear some rocking music from Richard Gwynn and his group Cameo. Their song simply titled Silver Jubilee. Clap your hands, it's Silver Jubilee. Five and twenty years have passed since she became our queen. Let your hearts be merry, let your voices sing with glee. Come everybody celebrate her Silver Jubilee. Clap your hands, stamp your feet. Now everybody shout God save our queen God save our queen Clap your hands Barrett picks us up and flings us westward to Cardiff, warning us that we're about to hear some rocking music, courtesy of Richard Gwynn and Cameo. Sadly, not that Cameo. Fucking hell. If only Larry Blackman was there with the Queen's head on a cob piece going, sexy jubilee! Yeah! These are very much the sucker DJs who think they're fly. Yes! Oh, God. Before we try and glean something out of this, we do need to walk back to the Nationwide Jubilee Fair because one thing we failed to touch upon was the sacred rite, which was performed live in order to bind Wales and England together, which was to get someone from the local rugby club to kick a ball into the River Wye so it could be retrieved by a brand new rescue boat. We set off a Welsh male voice choir to do their pieces when they got it for the second time. An awe-inspiring spectacle. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I did actually catch my face look, watching this in the reflection, and I did look delighted. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> Frank Boff expressed the wish that this tradition would happen every Jubilee. So if you are heading to Chepstow Castle, you know, don't forget to boot a ball into the river. <laughs> and if anyone stops you, tell him you're doing it because you love the Queen and fuck off. What are you going to do about it, granddad? <laughs> so... Richard Y, Cameo, where to begin, chaps? Let's talk about what they've come as, eh? Yeah, they're all decked out in Union Jacks, like packs of Tesco cheddar. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Richard's wearing a waistcoat with all Union Jacks over it, over the satiniest red shirt ever, and Cameo are wearing Union Jack tank tops, essentially the jam training tops, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) They're all wearing plastic Union Jack boaters, but Richard has got the tallest and spangly Union Jack Boater because hey he's the front man yeah yeah, yeah. it's practically a Union Jack uh, het Jim Reg no Jim Jim Rag Jim Reg I, I apologise to the Welsh for that terrible pronunciation <laughs> but hey you gave us Richard Gwynn and Cameo so I reckon we're even Welsh people. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he could only ever have been the front man. He's, he's the tallest, he's the best looking in a way. Um, but as soon as he mm. opens his mouth and starts singing, um, oh, yeah, God. we realise this isn't really rocking music. Um, no, it's certainly not. It's more of a kind of 60s jangle. And in his voice, I mean, it's weird because 
you know, his voice makes it plain even if the rocking accruements don't. This is a fucking song from the 1870s, not the 1970s. Yes. It's, it's got this very strange, old, not, not I wouldn't even say vaudeville. It's pre-Tin Pan Alley type shit. It's awful. It's fucking dreadful, man. For so many reasons. <laughs> well, I mean, beyond the utter shittiness of the song and the sentiment and the look of the band, mm. it's the fact that they've um, done that hateful thing. They've written in crowd participation moves that, that oh, really yes. aggravate me and give me a retrospective anxiety attack about all the participation i might have to do come on chaps clap your hands <laughs> stamp your feet now everybody say god save the queen god save the queen <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's also the first performance where we actually get to see some stagecraft don't we in the shape of richard's hand gestures <laughs> which produced a, a hand gesture of my own in response yeah. <laughs> yeah. the performance has the thick musk of the failed opportunity Knox audition mm. hasn't yeah. it mm. yeah they're like a sub punch band oh they're yeah like, they should be called bitch slap they got a guitarist who manages to make a les paul sound like a ukulele i don't know how he does it um and that most ghastly of things a proper singer who's Mm. obviously been a professional Mm. for years he sounds like he was an old r&b singer from the 60s Mm. and there's nothing worse and more embarrassing than that kind of strong confident faux passionate voice yeah on something like this or a cup yeah. of soup jingle or yes. whatever you know like with its yeah. soulfulness exposed in the light as mm. affectation and, and fraud you know yeah and i love the fact that this is obviously the most competent and musically accomplished effort and it mm. dies like a fucking dog mm. yes it does and doesn't it hopefully though they learn a lesson from that yeah. Also, not only are they Welsh, they're representing Cardiff. Yes. And the lyrics include references to the Queen of England. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, have I missed something? I don't know whether that's good or bad. You know damn well which half of Wales he's from. And it fucking ain't the North. <laughs> I can only imagine what Welsh viewers were making of this. Oh. Disgusted, appalled, embarrassed, etc. I heard some Welsh nationalists actually burn their own homes down in protest of this. <laughs> I mean, shame on the Welsh entry and everyone involved in it, because this is by far the arse-lickiest song yeah, yeah. we're going to hear this evening. Right from the opening bars of Rule Britannia onwards. Yeah, yeah. You'll notice, chaps, that Scotland doesn't seem to have got involved in this. Mm. But Wales, in the form of Richard Gwynn and Cameo, are practically ripping their own forelocks off. Yeah. Sample lyric. Elizabeth II, may you live a happy life. Your subjects, they all love your role of mother, queen and wife. The magic that you bring us in your own familiar way. May it always live forever. Aye, forever and a day. (laughs) Clap your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, replace the queen with Kim Jong-il and that would be all too believable as a North mm. Korean thing. It, it, it's the most, it's the nadir of this show, this one. But it gets worse because after the modicum of audience participation, which absolutely falls flat in an empty <laughs> studio, the other thing that marks it separately from the other songs is that Cameo find the time to prise open the buttocks of King Tampax, allowing <laughs> yeah. Richard to put his face between and go... <laughs> 
and may the son you give us, Bonnie Charles, the Prince of Wales, find happiness on every sea, wherever he may sail. May every land he visit love him just as much as we, and one day may we celebrate his silver jubilee. <laughs> mm, yeah. you got a fucking long wait, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, you have some other sons. You didn't just give birth once. Unfortunately, one of them will turn out to be... No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) And he speeds up at the end, you know, so that they seem to cut it early in case people at home stop pogoing and spitting. (laughs) But, God... I mean, this is the most horrific sight seen on Nationwide since they showed those clackers exploding and potentially firing shards of plastic into kiddies' faces. Shame on you, Wales. You're better than this. Come, everybody, celebrate her silver jubilee. And may the sun you gave us, money Charles, the Prince of Wales, find happiness on every sea, wherever he may sail. May every land he visits love him just as much as we. And one day may we all celebrate his silver jubilee. Clap your hands, stamp your feet. Now everybody shout, God save our queen. Clap your hands. And now for a bit of relaxation after all that foot stamping and hand clapping, let's listen to our youngest contestants this evening, the children of Farringdon Infant School in Sunderland, with their song, 25 Glorious Years. competition is getting out of hand with all that foot stamping and hand clapping offers us an oasis of relaxation as he transports us to the assembly hall of the Farringdon Infant School in Sunderland who are representing Newcastle which won't offend any Mackhams in the slightest Uh, Mackhams and Tackhams indeed Mm. So, yeah, this is the only uh, OB, isn't it? They filmed it mm. from the assembly hall, and fucking hell. You can just smell it, can't you? Oh, the, oh, yeah. the musty curtains and the... Oh. Yeah, you can smell the beef stew and athlete's foot. Yes. <laughs> you know damn well that there's one of them huge hymn book things that have to be pulled down and winched up when you want to change the lyrics off to the side. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, this is worse than a nightmare about your late 70s primary school mm. days this is an actual memory yes it's yeah. like yeah. they're yeah. in that, that school or with that sort of uh patterned wooden floor that yes we had the same one well, everyone did yeah and it's so generic and so yeah. vivid but yeah the the songs are dragging it yeah well it's a really potent memory because i mean it, watching this I, I kind of found myself crouching almost like i was returning to the height i yeah, was back you then. wanted to get on the floor <laughs> to sit cross-legged watching this didn't you <laughs> <laughs> i was i've got to say hugely impressed by the variety of instrumentation they've got. god yeah 
In, for an infant in, school, fuck that. Well, yeah. Jammy I mean, they've bastards. Got, they've got lots of percussion, lots of glockenspiels and cymbals and, and these wonderful multicoloured kind of clavichord things. Yeah. And recorders. Very Augustus Pablo. Oh, very much so. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's quite it's twee. It's almost hauntological. East of the River Weir. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually uncannily like some tracks off the uh, Last Moon Bears album. But although they're <laughs> infants, they've clearly been schooled in not doing the sort of thing infants would normally do when singing so that none of them are doing the shouting thing that little kids do when singing but at the same time i felt an instant identification with those kids who were just kind of looking out the window or looking confused or not playing their recorders or singing anything yeah they've got so many recorders and half the kids aren't playing them (laughs) yeah yeah but simultaneously i felt an instant hatred of those little kids who were smiling and projecting and doing it properly Mm. fuck those creeps yes i really warmed to the kid who who basically looked like a young version of Viz Magazine's Brown Bottle. Yes! Who <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> was playing a xylophone. And that distracted me from some of the lyrics, which, I don't know, did I detect a line, this is still the land of the free? What the fuck? Well, um, I didn't detect any of the fucking <laughs> lyrics, because it's an OB, so it's a really echoey hall. Yeah. And then yeah, you yeah. just get this drone of fucking recorders. I couldn't pick out anything apart from 25 glorious years and Queen, and I'm I'm going out on a guess here, but Jubilee. Yeah, yeah. which rhymes with this is... St- I definitely detected this is still the land of the free. Right. Well, Britain's never been called the land of the free. That's no. sort of Americanism. So what the fuck is going on there? Yeah. Um, poor kids, man. Being yeah. forced into this. I mean, the overall tone of the song and the performance is essentially Northeast Korea, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. Sullen, pacified kids swearing obedience to Liz Ill Regina. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's not mentioned, but you know that Miss sat at the pianos wrote this. Oh, yeah. 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 Of yeah. course. Seven years ago, she really wanted to be Joni Mitchell, but now she's doing this. <laughs> yeah. This song's got the same tune as Good Times Roll by the Ruttles. Mm. And it obviously took 10 minutes to write but then several weeks to bake into this discordant gloop oh god yeah i bet they drilled the kids with this it's the sound that only blank faced 70 school children can create you know in the mm. in these horrible acoustics with the slightly out of tune upright piano reverberating up into the high ceiling as though it was yeah. shinning up a dangerous rope with no crash mat <laughs> and yeah you got 50 you know, untrained, unbroken voices going through the yeah. song like a dustbin lorry going through a plate glass window. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not the sweetest sound. Like, I mean, there'll be grannies all over the country shedding a little tear. Oh, yeah. But fucking hell. But that backdrop's nice, isn't it? There's a huge collage of a royal coach, which was probably made out of every single milk bottle top in Sunderland. Yeah. <laughs> I'm appreciating the art more than the craft of this song. And we only get a minute and 20 seconds of it, but, oh, that's more than enough. <laughs> and then off they go for a bag of Tudor's sweet and sour crisps and a Vork shandy each lesson. <laughs> Hopefully in just in time for Ludwig. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, chaps, these kids here are uh, the same age that you would be in 1977. Would you have partaken? Would you have wanted to uh, partake? No. 
No. Get your face on telly, Neil. That would have been a fucking no, massive no, no, deal no, no, as a no, kid no. in 1977. That would have been terrifying. I, I, I'd want to be, I'd want to be made to stand in the corridor whilst all this is going on with my fingers on my lips. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'd be better. Thank you. No, I know what you mean. I would have liked to have got my face on the telly. I don't know if I'd have been able to at that age resist the temptation to, you know, flick the V's or something. Like that. <laughs> Not so much the V's, but the Fonz double thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, your mum and dad would be so proud. Proud of you though. Yeah, but I don't want to represent the school. You know, that was what I didn't mm. like. It wasn't mm. represent, it represent <laughs> me, it wouldn't represent the fucking school. Mm. Stick it to the man's yeah. hair. Represent your set. of our songs this evening we go to Birmingham to hear the singing butcher and the Coventry kids with their song Let's Celebrate the Royal Jubilee. Flags of red and white and blue fill the streets that way for you let us celebrate the Royal Jubilee we're so glad you wear the crown And we'll never let you down Let us celebrate the Royal Jubilee Barrett, with a slight look of relief on his face Takes us over to Birmingham To introduce us to the singing butcher And the Coventry kids for their entry Let's celebrate the Royal Jubilee Oh, we're back on form Shamefully labelled as Birmingham Yes But in actual fact from Coventry yes. Just in, just making that very clear Yeah, once again the creative diary of Coventry Has been subjugated by the yim-yams I know, it's fucking shame But yeah, watching this man, my heart swells with pride these kids are invests and they are shouting which, yes, is, what being a kid, shouting. which is what being a kid in commentary in 77 is all about <laughs> being um, an invest and shouting yes <laughs> what i like in contrast to the kids who've been on this show already is the total sort of sl- well the, the sort of unmanneredness in contrast with the kids we've seen before i also love the way that the singing butcher yes he really doesn't seem ready for this no he, al- he almost seems to mouth mouth the word fuck as the song starts <laughs> up <laughs> we're hitting Immediately with A, a professionally produced song. Yeah. It sounds so much better than all the other songs. Yeah. And the face of the singing butcher, who could not look more like a butcher <laughs> if he was skinning a pig. Yeah, he's an offensive caricature of a butcher. Yeah, he, is, he really yeah. is, yeah. isn't he? You know, seen here with the source of his special under-the-counter pies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, he paid off the police with sausages <laughs> like he did in the war. I don't think it's just what we now know about the 70s that makes this so uncomfortable. I think Mm. there's a genuinely sinister air rising from this unsmiling slaughterman. There's like Mm. this unsmiling, (laughs) ruddy-faced slaughterman and his his pack of shout-singing urchins, Mm. some of whom are smiling, some of whom are not. Don't know what to read into that, but he's an authentically unsettling presence. (laughs) And it's frankly mind-boggling that at the time, the majority of viewers over the age of 
40 would have looked mm. at this and thought, oh, do you know what I mean? He's standing there in his straw boater, flecked with blood, wearing <laughs> quite literally the butcher's apron. Yeah, um, it's Jubilee apron, isn't it? Singing with Prince Philip by your side, how you fill us all with pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll, that'll do it. Yes. There is something of the NF supporter about him, but I, I do kind of like the fact that the, the, the kids here, they're arranged by, in classic kind of school photo mode, they're arranged mm. by age. So yeah. front row, you've got these totally confused and bewildered infants, basically. Mm. Second row, slightly boisterous six to eight year olds. And the back yeah. row, just totally embarrassed pre-teenagers. Yeah, they're a bit too old to be there, aren't they? They are. The yeah. Coventry kids, I mean, possibly the only group of 20 random Cov kids you could pick, all of whom were white. <laughs> As Jimmy Percy said, the Coventry kids are innocent, okay? <laughs> they're all wearing these white vests with red piping and a mm. clearly knocked-off reprint of the Jubilee logo, and they're flared up to fuck. They they look like the residents of a very patriotic junior school Northern Soul Club. Don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like the disorganisation, though, when the camera sort of wanders around different faces. Yeah. Some of them singing lustily, some of them look delighted, some of them look terrified, some of them just sort of staring into space, some yeah. of them, you know, look like they're about to get a frog out of their pocket. You know, yes, is mm. so a healthy mix, and nothing else about this is healthy. I mean, Christ, can you imagine if this was done today? What the kids would be like? Oh, Christ! Well, the kid, it'd be totally different. The kids would be confident mm. in front of the camera. Yeah, um, yeah, and they'd be, yeah, they'd be flexing, as it were. Mm. Um, yes. but, um, yeah, I mean, the kids here, they sing either what they can remember mm. or what they can read. Off yeah, the yeah, big board yeah. behind the camera. But you're totally right. The song, in contrast with the other kids' songs here, sounds much slicker and much mm. more professional. Well, um, let's talk about that because, you know, information on the acts, apart from Eric, have been thin on the ground. But, oh, this evening's Coventry Evening Telegraph is firmly on the case. <laughs> Article. Sing a song of Jubilee on TV. A singing butcher and a Coventry songwriter are trying for a big break from the Silver Jubilee. Rod Woodward, a butcher in Belgrave Road, Wyken Coventry, will appear live to sing Let Us Celebrate the Royal Jubilee by Mr Malcolm Tollan of 101 Cherrybrook Way, Bell Green. <laughs> Mr Barry Thomas of Horizon Studios, where the song has been recorded, said, We are looking for a major company to take it. <laughs> Maybe A&M can. They've got a spare spot on their roster at the minute, haven't they? <laughs> and EMI. Maybe Dino Rod. <laughs> a demonstration record has been made, which has been sent to record companies and played at Coventry City Football Ground. The song's background is the voices of children who are going along to the nationwide studio to take part in the broadcast. As for the lyrics, chaps, well, you know, there's the usual arse licking. You're so serene in your royal splendour. We're proud to serve you and we're proud to say we're royal subjects and we will remember when you were crowned on coronation day which is a total fucking lie because most of these kids wouldn't even remember fucking princess anne's wedding no. well, but but never mind because there's also an educational message here the seventh queen in england's royal story from 52 unto the present day the throne is yours you rule in all your glory 
You make us proud in every single way. <laughs> I mean, they're going for it here, aren't they? They really are. Yeah, they are. Coventry is not fucking about. It's not fucking about. I mean, I'm guessing these kids are from uh, the same area that the butcher and the, and the writer are from, mm. Belgreen and Wyken. I mean, most cough pop comes from, like, our bohemian areas, if you will, like right. Elston. But Belgreen and Wyken are two of the roughest-ass neighbourhoods yeah, in the yeah. country. So, so, good. Yeah, yeah. It's good, good that these there. kids are on the tally, then. Yeah, it's just that that dead look in the butcher's eyes terrifies me. I was half expecting him to finish the performance by suddenly screaming and swinging a bleeding half cow carcass into the camera <laughs> and making good his escape in the confusion, like with a child <laughs> under each arm, you know, waving a cleaver and shouting something incomprehensible about papists. <laughs> like, I don't want to know what's in his shed. It, it's all those dead pig eyes staring at him. That's what's mm. made him this way. All day, every day, looking into the faces of death. <laughs> but while that yeah. may be an explanation, it's not an excuse. Yeah. He must not evade justice. I mean, not only the pigs on the hooks in his shop, but if he had a shop in Charlesmore, he's got the pig people of Charlesmore to deal with as well. Yes. So it's kind of understandable. <laughs> <laughs> the seventh Queen England's royal story. From 52 up to the present day The throne is yours, you rule in all your glory You make us proud in every single way And now for the moment you've all been waiting for as I go racing at Ripon and we open up the E2R revision link and call on all the regions in their various languages to give us their votes. Each region can vote for all the other regions but not itself, giving four points, three points, two points or one points in order of preference. And the winner will, of course, naturally enough, be the song with the highest number of votes. And in the event of a tie, we start again. But before that, it's time for the votes from the chart music panel. And we're going over to Coventry first. Neil, off you go. Um, the votes from the commentary panel are as follows. Uh, Manchester receives four points. Yes. Leeds receives two points. Ooh. Cardiff receives no points. Yes. <laughs> Newcastle receives one point and Birmingham receives three points. Those conclude Ooh. the votes from the commentary panel. Ooh. Let's go over to London. Good evening. Good evening, Nottingham. <laughs> We're having a great party here in London. Um, thoroughly enjoyed all these entries. Wish we could give them all maximum points. <laughs> You're supposed to leave an awkward silence. <laughs> um, okay, here are, here are the votes of the London jury. Manchester, four points. <laughs> four points. Leeds, we've given... Three points. Ooh. Three points to Leeds. Why? <laughs> well, the process of elimination. <laughs> Cardiff, one point. Oh, gosh. Newcastle, two points. Mm-hmm. And finally, Birmingham, i.e. Coventry with a, a thing over its head with Birmingham written on it. <laughs> Null point. Uh, what? That's a I'm shock. Afraid I got so. Why? <laughs> uh, have you looked into that bloke's eyes? <laughs> it's like a shark. Finally to Nottingham. Well, Manchester. 
obvious nailed on four points because uh-huh. it would have been brilliant to see this on Jubilee Day while people were just starting to get K-Lide <laughs> and doing the Jubilee rumba on the tables on the street party that we never had. Uh. Leeds, two points. Mm-hmm. I'm giving one point for them having the only black person throughout all the nationwide Jubilee coverage we've seen uh-huh. and one for the song title Silver Silver Queen which sounds like a T-Rex B-side. <laughs> <laughs> Cardiff, no poor uh. for shameful arse licorice. Yeah. Yeah, clap your hands and fucking stamp your feet now, you cunts. <laughs> Newcastle, one point, only for that royal carriage made out of milk bottle tops, uh. which leaves Birmingham with three points because it's just a bit less mental than Jubilee Rumba. Uh, uh, yeah. So the results in full from chart music, Manchester. 12 points. Yes. Leeds, 7 points. Cardiff, 1 point. Uh-huh. Newcastle, 4 points. Birmingham, 6 points. Ooh. Uh, that's a proper result, but let's go back to Stilgo. <laughs> so, Manchester, will you come in Manchester, please? Uh, uh, buongiorno, Ricardo. Come stai? Si, is very good. Si. Okay. You like to speak now, Stuart? Yes, I will. Very yes, good. for Leeds, we thought it sounded like uh, all kinds of everything remind Ooh, me of you. Oh, how many did it get? Master wrote it one point. One point for Leeds. Yes. Thank you very much. And for Cardiff? For Cardiff, we thought the vocal a bit banal, only two points. <gasps> only two points for Cardiff. Oh. And the song, Newcastle? For Newcastle, 25 glorious years, Glockenspiel recorded group, uh, not bad, but three points. Trois points for Newcastle, and for Birmingham? For Birmingham, the singing butcher, I think, yes, typical of Eurovision song contests and football songs, he was tremendous, he gets four points on us. Four points, quatre points uh, for well, Birmingham, thank you very much, Matt. Well, that, well that's ironic. Uh, Stuart Hall giving the results of the Manchester jury. <laughs> Leeds, can you hear me? Can you come in, Leeds? Yes, hello to you, Richard. Hello, Leeds. Can we have your voting, please, of the yes, Leeds jury? Yes, these are the results of the Leeds jury. Manchester... One point. No! I couldn't quite hear that. Was that 483? No, it was one. One point. Thank you very much, Manchester. One point for Manchester. Cardiff, we gave three points to. Three points for Cardiff. Thank you. And Newcastle? Two points. Two points for Newcastle. This is looking good for Birmingham. How many for Birmingham? The winning song we thought was Birmingham with four points. Four points for the singing butcher. Looks as if he may well have his name up in lights. Like Eurovision, isn't it? Manchester and Leeds giving each other as few points as they can. Right, Cardiff, can you come in, please? Thank you, Leeds. Cardiff, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you, Cardiff. Your voting, please. Uh, first, Manchester, one vote. <sighs> in point. Leeds, Manchester. three. No fucking three way. Three point. Thank you. Newcastle, two. Newcastle, die point. And Birmingham, four points. Padua point. Thank you very much, Wales. Thank you. It's like Bucks Fizz, man. They're running away with their sheep. That's worth it, just to see... Richard Stiller cunt speaking in Welsh <laughs> to the Cardiff judge and her just completely blanking him and refusing to acknowledge it in any way, further intensifying my generally warm feelings towards the principality. Um, but it's, yeah, also, I mean, I guess she's from Cardiff. She probably didn't have a fucking clue what he was talking about. Yeah. Newcastle, are you there? Can you hear me, Newcastle? Yes. Hello, Newcastle. The votes are as follows. Uh, Manchester. Manchester. One point. One point. Thank you, Manchester. Leeds, three points. Leeds, three points. What? Uh, Cardiff, two points. Cardiff, two points. And Birmingham, four points. Birmingham, four points. Game over. song that melts the heart of the jury. So that's four juries down, one to go. Brings us to the halfway mark of the contest. How can it be the halfway point of the contest? Because he's a smirking, unfunny cunt. 
Uh. And last of all, can we have the voting from the Birmingham jury, please? Birmingham, hello, can you hear me? Hello from Stuart Roper with the Radio Birmingham decision. Uh, we thought Birmingham's butcher was the best one, but we can't vote for him, sadly. Here's our score, then. Did you hear that, Neil? Birmingham's butcher. Uh. Mm. Manchester, two points. Manchester, two. Okay, yes! Mm. Leeds, four. Leeds, four points. Cardiff, three. Cardiff, three points. And Newcastle, one. Newcastle, uno punto. Splendid, right. So the total score would leave us with Manchester, fifth, with five, Leeds, 11, Cardiff, 10, Newcastle, eight. That gives the winner as the butcher. Well, that really was a runaway victory there. Congratulations to Birmingham, to the singing butcher, despite that awful pun about lights, and the Coventry kids with their song, Let's Celebrate the Royal Jubilee. We'll be running that again for you on our special Jubilee Day nationwide at one o'clock on BBC One. So uh, do be with us then, won't you? But for the moment, let's hear it again. A crushing victory for Berm, oh sorry, Coventry, <laughs> and they get rewarded with a full-length reprisal of their tribute to the Queen, where we learn that the song has a proper Hey Jude-style run-out. Uh. The next day, the Coventry Evening Telegraph was full of it. <laughs> Coventry's singing butcher Rod Woodward made mincemeat of the opposition last night in the BBC Silver Jubilee Song Contest. Rod, representing the Midlands, was seen by millions of viewers on the nationwide television programme. His Jubilee song, written by Malcolm Tollan, was voted top of the pops by panels in each of the BBC's five regions. Rod was backed by the Coventry Kids, and now the song will be featured during the BBC's Jubilee Day coverage. Yeah, if your name's Rod in the summer of 1977, the fucking BBC are going to do you a favour, aren't they? (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) There are really only three cultural moments in Coventry life since the consecration of the cathedral in 62. Mm. Um, This is clearly one of them. The uh, 87 cup final victory is the second one. And the third one is uh, mm. a photograph of me uh, shaking the hands of a milkshake um, outside a shop. <laughs> and yes, Pop Craze Youngsters, the song was featured on the Nationwide Jubilee Fair, but the Coventry kids were completely knobbed off, or there were some very special pies being sold under the counter. And Rod the Singing Butcher was aced out by Alan Price, who hogged the performance. Yeah. A bit disappointing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did win whip around the, the regions and people were singing and clapping. As Michael Barrett says, a runaway victory as a as I'm sure he'd previously run away with many other things. Mm. Pleased <laughs> to meet you. He does have that gacy like deadness mm. about his eyes. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Also the the, the cross Pennine rivalry there. Uh, resulting yes. in uh, minimum mm. points mutually between Manchester and Leeds. To, that's what allowed the singing butcher to slip between them yeah. and deny yeah, yeah. Eric Smallshaw his due, mm. much to the chagrin of the Newton and Ridley bean counters, yes. I don't doubt. I'll tell you what, though, we may moan about the result, but, you know, thank fuck this happened in 1977 and not from the fall of communism onwards, because you know all the Eastern European nations that have voted for Sheffield because of the Balalaika 
Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Just ruined the whole thing. I feel like we've corrected a historical wrong today. Yes, we fucking have. Yeah. yeah. Let us celebrate the Rogue Jubilee was never released, but in May of 2022, Midlands Today reunited Rod the Singing Butcher with some of the Coventry kids for a news item. Oh, and to think people bang on about Aberay. <laughs> And we learned that the song was produced by Roger Lomas, who went on to do likewise for On My Radio and Missing Words of the Selector, all of the hits of Bad Manners and Lee Perry's 2002 LP, mm-hmm. Jamaican E.T., which won a Grammy for Best Reggae LP. <laughs> He's a bit of a local legend, is Roger Lomas. Um, is he now? Oh, yes. He's actually just lives just down the road from me, and uh, he's got a studio Ooh. there. I mean, he goes all the way back, because he was mates with Pete Waterman and stuff, and in the 60s, yeah. he worked with a band called The Sorrows, who were quite a good Coventry R&B band. Right. So, yeah, he goes all the way back, does Rog. News of that reunion uh, earned one like on Twitter. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> what, the other thing I noticed, of course, nowadays, half these kids have got white hair. Mm. Mm. Um, I know it's 45 years ago, but I was thinking they probably look like that six weeks after the next <laughs> None of them were ever the same again. But denying those kids the, the opportunity to be on the Nationwide Jubilee Fair, man, what were they worried about? Do you think they were going to end up in the Tunnel of Love, snogging or something? It's just a ribald anarchist spirit of Coventry, man. They can't handle it. Yeah. It costs, isn't it? They have to go down to London. You can't have, like, 50 kids going out to London. On no. The, who's who's going to pay for that? It ain't the BBC, <laughs> is it? So, what's on telly afterwards? Well, BBC kicks on with Baxter, Wollard, Rod and Han in Tomorrow's World. Then it's an episode of a programme called Top of the Pops, where Kid Jensen introduces the top combos in the hip parade. We should do one of them one day, you know. Yeah. Hugh Weldon noses through the old rammel in the collections of the first three King Georges in Royal Heritage. Then it's the nine o'clock news, then play of the month. Heartbreak House by Bernard Shaw. John Timpson and Dennis Toohey present tonight, and they close down at midnight. BBC Two has just started tucking into the news on two headlines. Then it's another episode of Having a Baby, where this week's subject is breech births. Then it's Newsday, followed by the Ealing Cinema season, which this week features a Gaumont British newsreel from September 1945, followed by the 1945 film Dead of Night, one of the first horror films to be made after the wartime suppression on them was lifted. Carl Perkins stars in Sing Country, the series based on the 9th International Festival of Country Music at the Wembley Pool this Easter. Then it's part two of Sea Tales, a series of dramas based on all things aquatic. Sir Hugh Cason, president of the Royal Academy, laid on a big tea for Princess Anne last night, and we're allowed to watch Into Dine with the President. Then it's late news on two, and they close down with Jeremy Clyde reading the lyrics of the folk song, The Tune the Old Cow Died Of. ITV's just started Emmerdale Farm, where Annie Walker asks the vicar to intervene in an argument over a bequest. Then it's Paradise Island, the sitcom where Bill Maynard and William Franklin are shipwrecked in the Pacific and get up to all sorts. 
After Dennis Weaver gives a drug dealer what for in McLeod, it's this week, News at 10, the current affairs documentary Ulster, The Right to Strike, then Gibbsville, the American drama series about two reporters in a mining town in the 40s, and they finish with what the papers say. But it doesn't matter, does it? Because we've just dug into the highlight of the whole day of that day's television. Fucking hell. Oh, indeed. It's not going to get better than um, than Eric Smallshaw today. No. So, boys, what have we learned from this 15 glorious minutes of lost television from Jubilee year? Well, I mean, w- what do you think you're going to get? If you hold a competition mm. to write and perform a song <laughs> celebrating the Silver Jubilee, open to any Protestants from anywhere in the country. <laughs> yes. What you get is a bestiary complete mm. with a babble <laughs> of grunts and howls. And, you know, it's kind of glorious. Even with Richard Stilgo at the scoreboard, mm. let out of the Gib, Rogers, Edmonds, Steve Race, Russian doll for a, (laughs) as usual, lend his inscrutably smug teacher with mysterious private life vibe to any (laughs) televised demonstration of evil. Because proportionally, like most of this show, is members of the great British public, far more than the presenters, it's actually even more startling than the Nationwide Jubilee special. And and it's to be enjoyed as such, I would say. And do you think the Queen saw any of this tribute to her? You know, was she sitting there a ton with a tea on her lap, nodding away, going, yes, I am brilliant, actually. (laughs) After watching this, fucking hell. You can see why so many youths went off and bought God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols the following week. Oh, yeah, indeed. If you were having this rammed up your arse all year, fucking hell. Almost as many as went out and bought a two-year-old Rod Stewart track. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we bring this exceptional episode of chart music to a close thank you very much neil kulkarna god bless us all god bless you especially taylor parks oh jeez. <laughs> my name's al needham and fuck the one show up the arse with a stick with a nail in it <laughs>
Thank you, Birmingham. Thank you very much indeed. That's absolutely marvellous. Sharp music. Right, here's the <laughs> news. Today's festival of light rally, Lord Longford made a statement on the moral decline of this country. In support of this, Mary Whitehouse wants a list Mr. Timbrook, today stays to protest on behalf of the League of Shiny Shoe Wearers. Please maintain standards. Punk is awfully uncouth. Keep Britain's shoes shiny. Please. MPs who were at the time discussing employment were disturbed by the outrageous disruption. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.